0: Welcome to the Transforming Leadership Podcast with author and speaker Dr. Steve Steph. I'm Jim Brangenberg, your host for the day. For more information about Dr. Steph and how the Transforming Leadership Team builds effectiveness in leaders, please look online at tleadership.com. That's t Now let's join Dr. Steph in the studio. Hi, I'm Jim Brangenberg with the Transforming Leadership Podcast, and I'm joined by Dr. Steve Steff. Steve, before we begin, I thought it would be great to remind our listeners that we're right now in the middle. We're currently working through a whole bunch of Transforming Leadership Proverbs or truisms. These are sayings that you and the team have put together to help our leaders that we invest our lives into. Today's Transforming Leadership proverb is, every organization has a culture. It just may not be what you say it is, or what you think it is. So Steve, my opening question is, why is it that there are some leaders that just are not aware of the culture that they are cultivating?
1: Yeah, that, that that's a great question. But Bef- really, before we get into that, let me define culture for you, at least from our perspective. You know, okay. Definitely. And of course, there've been books written on on culture, so we don't have time to go through the last two or 300 pages of defining culture so for our organization culture quite simply is uh, what we reward how we behave and how we treat each other that that pretty much sums up our culture you know we could have ping pong tables and foosball tables and all this other stuff that doesn't really define our culture what defines our culture is how we behave how we treat each other and what we reward that's our culture so then then going back to why is it that sometimes senior leaders don't really know what the culture is it's because of their level of removal i have client organizations or transforming leadership has client organizations that we may have five tiers of leadership and uh, i've got one client for instance that's in let me let me think now 110 different locations hmm. the culture in those locations jim is set by the location manager the leader at that location that culture is not set in denver where the home office is they they may think they're setting it but it's driven on a local level so if your corporate office is in denver and you have a location in austin texas if you are not proactively uh, ensuring that the location manager in austin is reflecting, believes in, and driving the same culture that you are in Denver, well, then Denver quite possibly, quite probably, has an entirely different culture. Uh, Additionally, you'll go one step further. Even if you're in a single location, or maybe just a couple of locations, let's say you're in a manufacturing facility. The culture that the people on the floor in that manufacturing facility are experiencing may be vastly different than the culture up in the executive offices. But by the time the executive offices get through the vice presidents, which get through the directors, which get through the supervisors, which gets through the leads and it gets down to the floor, the way the people on the floor are treated, the way the supervisors behave, and the things on the floor or director level below that are rewarded May be entirely different from the expectations at the front office. Does that? That's a lot of words, but does it, that answer your question? Well,
0: it 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 begins to answer the question. I think it's this is something you kind of. It, this is like an, an ogre. We it's a, it's got onions. It's got layers. Yeah. Excuse me. We got to peel back yeah. the layers. Okay, you know, a little Shrek reference there. This is you know, it used to be you know, back even when I started, I got a few less years than you in industry. People were hired for skill sets. Yeah, but in yeah. today's world. If you really care about culture, you can't hire for skill set. You have to hire for culture. How does one make sure, in holding up to the truism, every organization is a culture. It may not just be what you say it is or what you think it is, but how about you have a culture that you want it to be, and we need to hire for it. How are how are you seeing companies today hire for culture?
1: Good, good. More and more companies, and certainly in our, uh, our client base, more and more companies companies factoring culture and culture questions in their interview process. If you are an engineering based uh, organization, I've got a client down in South Carolina that I just love them and and they're manufacturing uh, a manufactured organization but they have a lot of engineers. And let's say you need a new engineer. this company has a very well-defined culture. you're familiar with the organization. Mm-hmm. This, this company has a very well-defined very well stated culture and let's imagine that they need a new engineer and they start collecting resumes for engineer their hiring manager has all sorts of resumes and she's stacking up with education and experience and and performance and 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 they're you know the top three the the three men or women bubble to the top that have outperformed everyone else in their field well that that's fine but if one of those three has their own everybody's got their own culture everyone has their own set of core values whether we know again whether we know what they are or not let's say that this individual has core values that are in conflict with the culture of that organization if they hire that individual they have effectively diluted the culture of the organization because the culture is defined by all the activity within the organization, not just, you know, the select activities. It's defined by how everyone is treated and how everyone performs and, and how everyone um, acts with each other and, and what everyone rewards. So you hire one person that is outside of your culture definition. You just diluted. it.
0: Okay. But as in every organization, what starts at the top rolls throughout the organization. I mean, you know, whatever is good or bad rolls downhill. Let, let's let just say that for lack of a better explanation, it rolls throughout the organizational chart, whatever you want to call it. That's right. Yeah. And the whole do as I say, not as I do. That doesn't work in corporate culture. Never worked at home. Didn't work in the home culture. Doesn't work in corporate culture. So I want you to love your people, but you're an idiot. I don't want you in my office anymore. Get out of here. I mean that doesn't work. Okay, so it starts with the. Well, it doesn't action. work,
1: but it happens all the time.
0: Right, but but yeah. we're talking. <laughs> but but the people that are that are listening to this podcast, transforming leadership followers, they, they're they a higher quality of people that really understand we want to dig deep sure. into culture. We want our cultures yeah. to help our people know that they're loved and appreciated, and we want to make sure that the culture is what we plan it to be. We want a healthy culture. I mean, I'm assuming everybody wants a healthy culture. So how do our actions impact the development of a culture? Talk about some specific things that can help develop a healthy culture.
1: Well, you know, our, our, our actions, again, our actions are our culture. So if you are, uh, let, let's say that you've got a culture that uh, your core value statement stresses uh, kindness and fairness and a few things like that. But, but of course, your mission statement and your core value statement probably also maintain that you've got performance in there someplace. You know, we, we, we've got to, uh, we don't have to bow to, but we've got to pay attention to that bottom line. We've, we've got to make a profit or we go away. That culture ceases to exist so if we become subservient to the bottom line only and we focus every day only on performance and expectations being met with no nod to the culture and how people are treated or at least how we have defined how we have uh, stated our expectations of how people are treated eventually as i said we it it devolves, not evolves, it devolves to we are strictly a performance culture. Uh, again, I'll refer back to my client in South Carolina. Their culture is defined by two pillars, carrying and performance. And they will be the first to tell you that over the years, there there got to be a, a initially for several years, there was a strong, strong imbalance. Performance, the performance pillar was much larger than the carrying pillar. And then when they got alerted to how that really was uh, coming across in the workplace, the caring pillar far outgrew the performance pillar. People were allowed to do and act any way they wanted to. And and then we just cared for them and saw them through their, their challenges. So what I'm advocating is you define that culture, whatever it might be, and then you try to maintain a balance between the caring and the performance or the culture of the performance. Performance may be a key component of your culture. But again, state what it is and live up to it. Let, let me give you one last example of this. I was called to a um, an IT company in Raleigh, North Carolina, several years ago. I went and met with the senior leadership team, talked with them about what they were why they called me in and what they were hoping to accomplish. And it was a really interesting meeting. You know, it was one of these discovery meetings where they find out about me and I find out about them. And one of the first things the CEO said is this is a hard place to work. This is a really, really difficult place to work. So we don't ever hire someone and tell them, look, you're going to love working here. We hire people and tell them, look, you're probably not going to like working here. Because for the next two or three years, we're going to be hard on you. We are going to drive you like a, like a renin mule. You know, we're, we're just going to be tough. We're going to do this and this, and this, and this. He was just as clear as he could possibly be. But then he followed that up and saying, because in three years, we're going to go public and you're going to be a stockholder and you're going to make more money than you've ever made in your life. But from now until that three year anticipated period, things are going to be tough. Jim, first i didn't want to work for them because there would be a big conflict in core values with that organization but i did have to respect the fact that that the ceo says this is who we are you know if you don't like it if you can't do it then you best not come to work here because this is how we treat our people and this is what we reward so at least he was honest in the process
0: Steve, a culture left on its own to just do its own thing without any intentionality from senior leadership. You use the word devolves. Uh, yeah. is, is that always what happens?
1: Yes. You know, it's, it's a law of physics, quite frankly, that anything left to its own, the law of entropy, I'll, I'll paraphrase it, but anything left to its own will devolve, will deteriorate. And that's exactly what happened in the culture. Wow. Okay. Because the one thing that will, one thing that will always maintain in that culture is performance and profitability. That won't ever go away. Right. So, in light of the fact that that won't go away, that will become uh, more and more and more important to where it takes precedence, not only to where it takes precedence, but to where it becomes the only thing that, that's, that matters.
0: Okay. So, that was you know, one of the main points we, we, that we need to be intentional. It's got to be intentional. But one of the other struggles that senior leaders struggle with is being removed from that daily environment, being removed from what's actually happening throughout their organization, whether it's a small organization yeah, yeah. or a monstrous organization. How do we help our leaders listening today to, to the transforming leadership podcast to, to understand they can't be removed if they want to maintain the culture that they want to maintain?
1: Yeah. Well, first, Jim, Identify and define the culture that you want and that you expect. You know, let's 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 put it in words. Let's put it in black and white so everyone knows what the expectation is as far as culture. You know, whether it's in your core value statement or where whatever it might be. Second, hold every tier of leadership accountable for driving that culture and lead and and uh, living up to that culture. It has. It must be a part of your performance reviews. It must be a part of your pay, uh, your bonus system. It, it's factored into everything well, you
0: do. What do you mean? So you're actually gonna put on their on their review, which whether they're doing those daily, monthly, weekly, yearly, uh, that you're actually evaluating them on culture, not Absolutely. just performance.
1: Absolutely, <clears throat> because
0: culture d- drives your performance.
1: It it is the expectation.
0: Have you seen this put into action? Have you actually oh, seen yeah. this work?
1: Yeah, almost every client that transforming leadership has, they factor in the culture of the core values into their performance reviews, because the absence of that being factored into the performance review, Jim, I'm going to lead in the way that that is most natural or most comfortable to me personally, not to what your expectation is. Does that does that make sense? That uh, one of the truisms we'll get to down the road in weeks to come is that. We generally lead in the way that is most comfortable if we were being led. So I'm going to do what's natural to me. Maybe not what's most effective, maybe not what's most productive, but what's most natural to me. And if I have core values of my own that are in conflict with yours, and you're the CEO or you're the, or you're the board or you're the senior leader, I, I don't really care about that as long as I'm getting the job done if i'm not held accountable to it
0: but that's a whole new shift of paradigm for a lot of organizations maybe some oh, people yeah. that are just getting introduced to transforming leadership that i need to base my evaluations not just on performance but on culture that's being created and um uh, and cultivated underneath the leadership of the person that's sitting in front of me that's fantastic
1: Cult- cultivated is the same yeah same root word right uh, and and you say that you need to, I, I'll, uh, I'll back up on that for a moment. You only need to if it's important to you, but, but <laughs> don't imply or put on your masthead that it is important to you if you allow performance and behaviors otherwise.
0: And it should be important to you if you care about your profitability, if you care about the bottom line culture should be extremely important. Steve and Steph, you
1: care about your people.
0: That's right. And we care about your people. That's great. Dr. Steve Steff, thank you so much for great conversation on understanding hey, culture and making sure that it's positive. And to you guys, our listeners, just check us out online, tleadership.com, tleadership.com. There's lots of ways to contact us. There's a phone number. There's a contact form. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to tell us what we can do to help you. And until next time. Thanks, Jim. And that ends our discussion for today. Thanks for listening to the Transforming Leadership podcast with author and speaker, Dr. Steve Steff. For more information on how Dr. Steff and the Transforming Leadership team can help you become a more effective leader, please look online at tleadership.com. That's tleadership.com. Until next time, remember, building effectiveness in leaders starts with the transformation of your heart towards your people.